one of the all-time favorite shows. You're welcome back to our fourth installment of our Trick or Treat Thursdays. Um, this yeah. week we are talking all things ghosts and girls and a little bit of the history of Bowen. Yeah, so I was really looking forward to this one just because it's kind of real like laid back and chill, but yeah. chills because it thrills and scares. Oh, definitely. And as well, like, we're all for the stories and everything. And it's, it's really nice just getting, like, two of our friends to come on and chat about ghost stories, which is, like, so natural for us. Yeah, it is, like, a normal, like, these conversations will just take a turn to that eventually at some stage. Yeah, yeah. It's actually looking up sound. So obviously I've heard of sound and I knew about it, but do you know much about it It's not Samhain, I would like to point out. Some people in America used to call it Samhain. Yeah, because... They pronounce it exactly as they thought. It was in an episode of Criminal Minds. And I'm like, (laughs) did no one... Did no one look this up beforehand? He, they're all like meant to be really smart, educated people. And they're like, it's Sam Hain. I'm like, who's that guy? <laughs> you're not from Ireland. Yeah, you're not from around here. Um, actually, funnily enough, there was a bit in Buffy before where there was an incantation and it was an old, ancient Celtic incantation. And if you go back and translate it, it's about the new route of some bus, the number 42 or something. So it's, it was just taken from some Irish article, but it was an Irish newspaper that was talking about some new bus route. Oh, wow. Yeah, the incantation of the, like, number 42. <laughs> and I used to get the number 46 to college. Hey. Oh, my goodness. Quinky dink. I was four steps away from a ghost. There you go. So I found some information on Newgrange. And I was kind of like, right, I'm taking this as pretty, pretty up there with your information because Newgrange would be this really, really old, historic monument that's so close to us. We're really lucky where we live in Ireland. We're in the um, ancient East. So there will be a lot of folklore and a lot of spirits and ghouls around us. Um, and obviously we have all that Celtic history. So as part of Halloween, we have, I'm actually just going to pretty much read this word for word <laughs> from newlife.com. <laughs> so as millions of children and adults participate in the fun of Halloween on the night of October 31st, few will be aware of its ancient Celtic roots of Faroon. And actually in brackets, they have it so you can pronounce it properly. <laughs> In Celtic Ireland, about 2,000 years ago, sound was the division of the year between the lighter half, summer, and the darker half, winter. At sound, the division between the world and the other world was at its thinnest, allowing spirits to pass through. The family's ancestors were honoured and invited into the home whilst harmful spirits were warded off. People wore costumes and masks to disguise themselves as harmful spirits and thus avoid harm. Bonfires and food played a large part in the festivities. Bones of slaughtered livestock were cast into the communal fire. Household fires were extinguished and started again from the bonfire. Food was prepared for the living and the dead. Food for the ancestors who were in no position to eat it was ritually shared with the less well-off. So Christianity 
incorporated the honouring of the dead into the Christian calendar with All Saints, All Hallows on November mm. November 1st, followed by, by All Souls on November 2nd, which I actually hadn't heard of. Um, it's, it's getting an inkling, but it would be my lesser known. Yeah, I didn't know All Souls. I knew All Hallows. Um, but the wearing of costumes and masks to ward off harmful spirits survived as Halloween custom. The Irish immigrated to America, or emigrated to America even, in great numbers during the 19th century, especially around the time of the famine in Ireland during the 1840s. Um, the Irish carried their Halloween traditions to America, where today it is one of the major holidays of the year. Through time, their traditions have blended into Halloween, for example, American Harvest Time tradition for carving pumpkins. But I know that there was some tradition here with turnips as well. So I think that might have been brought over. Yeah. But there are two hills very close to us um, in the Boyne Valley, which are associated with sound in Celtic Ireland. So us. So you have Chocla and Tara. So Chocla was the location of the Great Fire Festival which began on the eve of Bowne, so Halloween. Tara was associated with Bowne. However, it was secondary to um, Chocla in this respect. The entrance passage to the Mound of Hostages on the Hill of Tara is aligned with the rising sun around Bowne. And the Mound of Hostages is 4,500 to 5,000 years old. So suggesting that the Bowne was celebrated long before the first Celts arrived in Ireland about 2,500 years ago. That is your history lesson for the day. It's just something that you said there earlier on about, uh, it just reminded me, which that was a fab article there from Newgrange. Um, But when you said about how it was a tradition to dress up as ghosts and ghouls to, you know, ward them off so that they wouldn't recognise you, that reminded me of, do you ever know why we have bridesmaids when you're getting married? Tell me. So uh, to anyone who doesn't know, the whole, um, it went back to, God, I suppose it was maybe um, ancient times. You'd have a bridesmaid um, who would dress just like you, um, just like the bride, because they were convinced that evil spirits were going to be um, trying to get a hold of the bride and take them away to the underworld and she'd never be able to get married. So basically, bridesmaids were like bodyguards. They were the men to dress just like how the bride was meant to be dressed and also wear the veil so that their face would be covered and so that the spirits wouldn't know which one to take. So that just kind of reminded me of that one as well. Yeah, and kind of similarly, it's like the Christian christening gowns for we boys. So they were always in the the christening gowns and I think that is as well to do with the fact that the nymphs and the fairies would want to take boys so that they yeah, were dressed as girls yeah boys were made to dress like in dresses and have long curly hair like back in uh, kind of like the 1800s and the early 1900s they'd be made to have long hair and wear dresses till they're about five year old oh I totally thought it was just until they were baptized you see it a lot in, um, and it was a tradition, if you see it a lot in like kind of Victorian style photos where the boys have got like a shock of like long curly hair and they might be in dresses too. And that was one of the reasons why as well. It was just, it was kind of like tradition for boys. I mean, I got, got to have messed with kids growing up. Like you're wearing dresses 
for your earlier memories and then you're in pants yeah in preparation for this episode I was also looking up kind of you know like ghost stories or anything like weird or paranormal or spooky in Ireland and I came across a story about a vampire in County Derry Oh, so uh, in Derry, in a district known as Slotaverty, is a grassy mound known as O'Cahan's Dolmen, marked by a single thorn tree. It is said that a vampire is contained within it. In 5th century Derry, a chieftain known as Abertok, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, was notorious for his vindictiveness and cruelty towards his own tribe. He had a strange, deformed appearance and rumours abounded that he was an evil wizard. When he died, he rele- his relieved people had him buried in a manner befitting a man of his rank. However, the day after his burial, his corpse, seemingly alive, reappeared in his village, demanding a bowl of fresh human blood or as terrible retribution. His terrified former subjects turned to another local chieftain, Cahan, and asked that he kill Abertach. Cahan killed him three times, and after each murder, Abertach's gruesome corpse came creeping back to the village in search of the blood. Finally, Cahan consulted a holy Christian hermit for guidance. He directed that Abertok be killed using a wooden sword made of yew. Then he had to be buried head downwards, weighted with a heavy stone. Finally, thorn bushes should be planted tightly in a circle around the burial site. On following these instructions, Cahan at last confined Abertok to his grave. To this day, the locals there avoid the mound, especially after dark. Yeah, I just, you know, like it goes so far back, like fifth century Ireland, where and like that they they didn't know how to get it. It was it was a Christian who had to help them out for that. That is oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and they say I think if you bury someone upside down, it's also meant to um, it's not like a holy burial. So you're obviously you'd be doing that to someone who you thought you're either be mocking them or if you think that they're very bad, that's when you'd bury them head first down. Yeah. So yeah, I just thought that that one like I'm that you know you know really? how I am with my interest in vampires. I was, I love an L vampire story and I love when you tell them because you tell them so well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you flatterer. Oh, <laughs> so without further ado, should we get the gals on? Definitely. So we have Adele and Ellen coming up. So we'll get them on now. <laughs> Hi, girls. You're very welcome to our Trick or Treat Thursday of Because You're Home. I feel like I should have drank a load of whiskey for this. Yeah, yeah it's just such a shame we couldn't be together drinking a load of whiskey for this. Yeah, <laughs> tell those stories. They would have been good ones. I. <laughs> yeah, the amount of stories that we would tell in college, Adele, and you always had the best ones. You always had the best kind of haunted stories. And Ellen, like the stories I'd hear from you as well, especially with the Hellfire Club. Um, when we were talking to Chrissy in the first Trick or Treat Thursday, I was telling her about you telling me about the Hellfire Club. It's just so cool. You got you both have really good stories and experiences with stuff. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> it scares myself. Right, go on, Edel. Tell us about those that pub you were working in. What? Where was the pub? Oh yeah, McCarthy's Bar of Feather and Tipperary. It's 180 years old this year, actually. Um, it's six generations old, so it's the same family, you know. But um, there's always been stories of apparitions and stuff. But um, the motto is it's also an undertaker. So Jasper's also an undertaker as well. So the motto is we'll wine you, dine you, and bury you. But uh, <laughs> there was a fa- 
there's a, a lot of stories behind it. Like one of the most common ones is, and it is still true, that when somebody dies in the family or is about to die, a knock comes to the front door. So that happened a couple of years ago, I think, with a relative. Um, there actually a few weeks back, I was in the pub and uh, Dylan was, he was locking up <laughs> and he heard a knock. So underneath there's a cellar and the cellar is underneath the bar and I heard a thump underneath, like someone opened up the cellar. Well, he dropped the tiddly, ran out the front door, he left all the lights on, like, but uh, there's a few, um, one that happened to me actually was the, probably the most scariest moment I've ever had in that pub. Um, you know, you always hear cricks and crannies and noises locking up and I always locked up on my own. So I was there one night and it was about, I'd say one o'clock in the morning and uh, I was counting the tills and I got this eerie feeling that somebody's watching me in the corner, but an awful lot of the time it's in your head. You know, I usually turn up the radio and forget about it. That particular night, anyway, um, I did get the heebie-jeebies. So the hair in the back of my neck stood up, and it wasn't never really happened to me before. So I put away the tills, and I said, no, I'm getting out of here. So I locked up the door. I turned off the light in the main bar. And uh, when I turned off the uh, light in the main bar, I closed the main door. And as I put the key into the back door, uh, into the door, um, someone dragged their knuckles down the back of the door. So it was a bony knuckle of an old man kind of sounded like so I somehow got the uh I don't know how I did it but I somehow got myself together and I stuck the key in and twisted the key but my hand had gone numb I've never experienced that in life it was quite scary and I ran out the front door and uh, I rang my uh, friend who was down the road I said will you please come up I said I'm in an office state and I was I was shaking you know and um I but um yeah I rang my friend uh she was down the road she came up then and she had a key to get back in and uh we checked everywhere we locked back up the doors and as we went out the door, we looked behind us and the lights went back on again. So we knew to get out of there then at that stage. I said to her, don't look back in that window, just keep going. Um, there's been loads of stories. There's a woman in a black dress being seen in the bathroom. So I was a customer a couple of years ago. I think Jasper, Jasper's the owner. Uh, he had to discount this customer's food in particular. Uh, she got an awful fright. She was in the bathroom and she was washing her hands. And when she looked up into the mirror, there's a woman in a black dress. Uh, I think she had a white collar on her. And her face was blurred and she was looking back at the woman. So the woman ran out of the pub um, she got her bill and ran. But uh, in particular, I think it was a few months after that, uh, a woman was assigned a woman's bathroom again and she was washing her hands and she looked down. And just underneath the cubicle, there was two shoes sticking out underneath the cubicle uh, under the door. You know the old women's shoes? that They don't look like brogues as such. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were sticking out from underneath the cubicle. So she was kind of watching. She was like, it's a bit strange. And then the two brogue shoes shuffled back underneath the door and uh, they just stopped. So she said to herself, she'd check it out and she opened the door of the cubicle and it swung open. There was no one there. Oh, God. There's a few. Yeah, there's a, a fair amount, you know. But the, the knuckles to the back door, that was the scariest thing I've experienced there now. Yeah, that was, God, that was the scariest moment. That but, was terrifying um, when you were telling us that story a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. when you were saying about when you were telling the people you got to come back down, you were like, don't look back. If you look back, there will be somebody in the window. Just keep going. I was like, oh god, there'll be someone there. Yeah, I just had that feeling. I had a feeling that there was that the the spirits. It's quite strange that we all came to the conclusion in in the pub as well that the spirits become quite active around this time, and we still don't know why. Uh, usually around August September time, and uh, so Annette, which is Jasper's mother, she went over to the graves to kind of look back through some of the graves from a couple of generations and see did anyone in particular die at that stage? And no one did. Really enough, there's absolutely no recognition of anyone dying at that time. Wow. So they don't know why, but maybe. Yeah, uh, another conclusion is we feel like the, 
whenever something is going wrong or if the ghosts don't seem to be satisfied with something that's going on in the pub or there's something they don't like, we have a feeling that they kind of get a bit more active that way. Because there are his aunts and his uncles and his great grandaunts and great grandfathers that are haunting the place, you know. But yeah, there's a, a fair amount. There's a few videos as well of uh, pots spinning on top of the cookers in the oh kitchen. God. That was creepy now. Yeah, there's a few. But they're harmless. They're, they're harmless ghosts. Like They're only just kind of, from what I've gathered, are just trying to let us know they're there. But uh, uh, Jasper had a, um, a seance where mm. they, they asked the ghosts questions. Uh, that happened a couple of years ago. It was before I started there now. And uh, they said to stay overnight. So there was these two people that did it. Um, some group, you pay some group to come in because at the time the ghosts had got quite active and they were starting to actually particularly scare staff and customers apparently. So he said he get to the bottom of it and um, he, uh, they had asked the questions all night, but they couldn't get uh, an answer back from it. So eventually after about two or three hours, something happened, the board moved and they asked the person, who are you? He spelt out Jack. So Jasper knew it was his granduncle Jack. And he said, why are you doing this? And he spelt out fun. And that was it. Then he stopped in. But they <laughs> haven't recorded. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's only harmless stuff. But they have a, a recording on um on a, a video of some sort of a child laughing uh, during that time of asking those questions. So now no wow. one's ever seen a child there. But there has been a child laughing on the recording. Jasper actually has it on his Facebook page. Yeah, oh, no. and there's another recording of um, the ghost actually answering the recording. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> so yeah, at the time, did you hear the voices there or was it... So did you hear the voices at the time or was it only when you played it back? You know, when they heard that's the EVP back. then. Yeah, it's that, is that that ghost thing or something? Yeah, they hear it back. They did, yeah. EVP. EVP. <laughs> that's, I couldn't... I knew it was something. We had to use that. Uh, they had all the equipment and stuff, you know, but uh, it used to be an old hotel as well, so... Um, there's stories up up above. There's a few flights up the way now. Jasper and his family used to live there. They don't anymore. But um, I said to him, I said, if you ever, it'd be fantastic if you ever did it up, you know, and it'd be, you get some tourism in there just to you stay can, there. You don't... definitely would if you kind of put it as like a haunted place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Ross uh, Castle and Kent Cavan. Yeah. Tell oh, us about that, haunted. Alan. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's haunted. Right. And you can you can rent it and stay in it. Now, obviously not this year because we've all got the plague. Yes. <laughs> but it'll be like <laughs> it'll be like next year. I think next year we should all do it. But um, I think yeah, below mates went. Uh, there was like 14, 15. It was a big, massive gang of us. And it's a castle. It's one of those normal ca- Norman castles. So it's like a big, big old rectangle, tall thing, mm. uh, big spiral staircase, stuffed animals everywhere. And uh it's kind of at the, in, in Cavan, at the edge of a lake, but it's called Ross Castle. And it's kind of on the edge of what the pale would have, where the pale would have ended yeah. at, at Cavan, you know. And there was this guy, I forget his name, I forget his name, but he was this um, lord of the ascendancy in, um, in the pale, like an English lord or whatever, or in league with the English. And um, his door, and he hated the native Irish, right? And he was always fighting with, now Cavan are all O'Reilly's, that's, my name, so all the O'Reilly's yeah. are in Cavan. So that would have been th- that that like clan, right? So he was always at war with them, and um, his daughter fell in love with the son of the chief of the O'Reilly's, right? And uh, they they fell in love, and they were planning on eloping and running away together because obviously it was a whole Romeo and Juliet thing, and they, the parents wouldn't allow it and all this shit. So they they met in secret, and they got a little boat, and they were planning on getting over the lake because the whole castle is kind of fortified you can't get through it only for by the by the river like so they were getting on, on they got to the lake 
And as they kind of got into the middle of it, a storm came up out of nowhere and trashed the boat. Uh, the two of them were overthrown. Uh, he drowned and she got washed up on shore and her dad was furious with her and he brought her right back to the castle, put her up in the tower at the top um, uh, room. And it's like, I think I remember showing you the pictures of it, Grace, before. Like, yeah. uh, and it's a beautiful four-poster bed, like proper old, like fairy tale vibes, you know? But apparently like he, he locked her in there and she eventually died. Like he just left her in there to die, basically. So that's the most haunted room in that house. Um, but there's a few other things. Like they say that they can see a lady, a, a young woman in white walking around in that room. Um, like that she sits on the edge of the bed and all that stuff and cries, just crying for her love, you know. Or sometimes if you lie in that room, you can hear battles, the sound of like swords and horses and people dying all that shit because of all the, the wars that would have happened with the O'Reilly clan and all that. And uh, and um, also there's all these other ghosts. I forget the stories about them, but like when you go in, you, you can sign you sign in and you stay over and there's like a ban on tea and she there's like a big long table and she cooks you your dinner and it's yeah. like a proper fucking castle <laughs> big long table all candles you have a big feast and then she locks up and fecks off for the night and locks everyone in <laughs> right so we were all oh. locked in and uh we were like all right we're going to take it real seriously we're going to do ouija boards like little paper shitty ones or, or we're going to do a seance and uh, my mate's girlfriend at the time was all like mad into it and she was like yeah we're doing this and we have to do this and we have to ask this and all this kind of stuff and after a while we all got really bored and got really drunk and had a party um, yeah. and started daring each other to go up the, it was like a real raw, old wrought iron spiral staircase up to the mad haunted room the whole place is haunted but that was mad but there's all these like if you push the walls there's like hidden doorways and and, oh, and cool. trap doors and stuff and like I remember me and a mate we were really drunk and we were like talking in the kitchen and I was like leaning against what I thought was a wall and it just opened up and it all it was all hidden in, in the in amongst like in the wall you know in the um behind the wallpaper and everything and it was all like bunk beds like servants quarters and stuff it was mad and uh that um, sounds amazing that's yeah, deadly, oh, it's yeah absolutely class we have to do it. I mean it was only like 30 quid a night per head for loads Great. of that's not bad. So yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah very cheap if you get a big gang of people and and during the night we kept taking photos and um they kept being like, I'm sure you would have heard of orbs, you know, the little yeah. white, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and um, like they're meant to be like the ghost lights or whatever. And they were all around my cousin Gaz. Now, Gaz has a bit of a reputation for being a mad fecker, right? Because we also call him naked Gaz because he's the kind of person who likes to get bollock naked after a few pints, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, he didn't when the ghosts were around, right? But every single photograph we have of Gaz, there's like orbs around his head. And there's also a few stuffed animals because we were playing tricks on each other. But there's orbs and, and they're just all around Gaz. They're not really around the rest of us, you know. And there was a few cold spots in the house. But Gaz was, we had a big fireplace. We were put, putting peat baguettes on it and all that. Gaz was cold the whole time, no matter what we did. And, and there was all these orbs around them. And then the next day, um, the Bannon tea came in and she gives you a big breakfast then at the long table. And she was all like, so did anyone see anything? And we're like, no, no, but we got all these photographs and he was always cold and all these photographs and we showed her the photographs and she was like, yeah, the thing is the ghosts tend to kind of link themselves to like a kindred spirit. So they probably thought like, I don't know, him and his nudie ways, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's up for the crack, you know? They just, they, they linked onto him. So in every photograph there's all these orbs around Gaz. So the, the ghosts were all affiliated with him and he was all freaked out then by it. And, and that was yeah, it. like if you were staying overnight, would you want to know that you were the one that was with all the orbs? Mm -hmm. I think the next day I'd be like, okay, now we can look at the photos. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't do it there, though. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I have the black dog there because uh, that's a that's a good one. The black dog is always around. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of those stories. Yeah. There's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah there was a, there's no one. Yeah, a lot of people. It's an omen, though. I think, isn't it, Black Dog? Yeah, apparently. Uh, it's also a great song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that is. True, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, my dad used to always tell me stories about the Black Dog, and um, like uh, he was a Dublin man, and uh, uh, he'd tell me stories about going by a graveyard, and then the, the Black Dog. The thing about the Black Dog is he has red eyes, and he hasn't got a patch of white on him. Like every every Black Dog you see has like a little white neck or, yeah. or a little white yeah. foot or some shit. He, he, he's nothing at all and that's kind of like the signifying thing and he can bark flames and he's got red eyes and um one time I think it was his sister was walking home from school or walking somewhere at night and she was going by a graveyard and then this dog started following her and as she came around the corner it started kind of running so she started running and she didn't know what to do so she ran she ran off the road into the church and he wouldn't come into the graveyard and he just started howling at her Oh. And his eyes glowing red, wow. and then she just waited oh. there, and he stayed there for ages. And apparently, he he just she just waited and waited and waited until people came along, and the dog ran off. There you go. That's creepy. Yeah. No, no. And my dad's on. Like, well, yeah, the minute it doesn't go into the graveyard, you're just like, right, that's it. I'm done. See you later. Yeah. Devil dog. <laughs> that's definitely the devil. Yeah. God. Yeah. Oh. So both of you have actually done ghost hunting as well. So I know oh, Alan, yeah. you're talking about the hellfire. Club and Adele, you've, uh, you've spoken to me about some of your just hopping in the car with friends and yeah. going um, ghost hunting. So would you tell us about any of those stories? Oh, yeah. There's a few, though. To be honest, we never really heard or seen much doing those ghosts. But there used to be a little gang of us that were really interested in it. And it went on for a good couple of years. Uh, we're still kind of friends, actually, a lot of us. But uh, what we usually do is we send out a text maybe the night before, like right, everyone meet at maybe the convent at six o'clock or whatever. So we went to come a couple of abandoned places. Uh, we did the war house up in Ballingarry as well. That was fine. I think an awful lot was in our head as well because we were quite windy that night. Um, that's where the uh, it's a it's a, I think it's a group of horses and men and they haunted and um a lot of people were killed there now but uh, what we did do one night was we went up this forest and it was probably we had heard the stories of this forest being haunted so we said we'll go up it's a it's a Carcnacara or something it's outside Clomel so that night in particular I think it was about 12 o'clock at night it was the anniversary mass uh, memorial mass of uh, these soldiers that had died up there so we said we have to go up that night you know so we went up and uh, we're little eight foot. We're up on top of the hill, up on top of the forest, looking down onto the forest. I still remember, we're looking right down the forest. And I said, look, we're not going to see anything if we're all together. We need to divide up. So we divided up. So four went to one side of the hill and the other four went to the other side of the hill. And we just sat and we talked and we waited. And still nothing. So we said we'd go back to the other groups. The eight of us were together. And looking down into the forest, I can still see it now, looking down onto the forest, the top of the forest trees, and there's these two lights. There's one light in the left-hand side, a light in the right-hand side. The light in the left-hand side was a blue, it was an orange light. And the light on the right-hand side was like a blue light. So the blue light and the orange light started to fade. And it looked like a, you know, like a porch light. But we said there couldn't be houses in the middle of the forest like that, you know. So the light started to dim, dim, dim. And the one on the right-hand side went from blue to white and then just vanished. And the one on the left-hand side formed into a man uh shape of a man and it formed into a man wearing a, a a miner's hat or a bowler hat of some sort so six of us out of eight that night saw it 
And uh, the man, whatever it was, the form of it looked up. And I still can't believe it. I actually still don't believe it was a ghost, but there's no other way of describing what it was. Um, it was down the forest. He looked up at us and he was digging. So he was digging into the ground and looked up at us and even back digging again down the ground. He stared at the ground next to me, paused. He looked back up at us again and then he shot across the forest. And every second he got closer to us. So he started zigzagging. So he started zigzagging up through the forest towards us. And eventually I was like, lads, we need to get out of here. Like it's, it's not, it mightn't be anything, but I don't really think we should be messing with things like this. Uh, like, especially when it's that um, vivid. Yeah. And the apparition had come, you know, like um, we could actually see that there was only six of us could see the other two for some reason. I remember his face looking up at us into the forest, like he looked straight and back, zoomed back. And then I said, right, it was or why it was or who it was. or But the man was dressed, um, he was a luminous orange and his hat was like in the shape of a, like a miner's hat. And he was digging. And I still remember it. So I don't know, but it, I, there is no other explanation for it other than a ghost like or some sort of an apparition that's terrifying the zigzagging and then coming closer every couple of seconds we went up hoping we'd get a ghost and we got one i'll tell you (laughs) running down to the forest thinking don't look into the forest you know you see the forest both sides yeah on the left and right it's like to myself i said don't look into the forest because it could definitely see it if it did like you know so apparently a soldier has been seen up there a couple of times we're wondering was that who we'd seen but uh yeah that creeped me out now for a long time (laughs) That's it. I love like how you went hunting for a ghost. Like you yeah. went and you did loads of trips, and when you finally see one, you're like, "This isn't what I thought it would be." Let's all leave. It's <laughs> probably like yeah. Casper the friendly ghost or something. You know, no, the thing yeah. wanted to come up at us. Yeah, it was. It was warning us of something. I don't know what it was, but it was coming up towards us. I don't know. I have no other explanation for it other than an apparition or a ghost because there's no human that could move like that. And there's no human that could be that luminous orange. And why would it be that luminous orange? <laughs> <laughs> He's a minor, he could be in high viz. It was Donald Trump. <laughs> it was Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Way with you. <laughs> oh, oh man, God. that is terrifying. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was strange now. Yeah. I must actually ask him, do you still remember it all? Yeah, it was, it was I'm still friends, good friends with two of them anyway that seen us, so yeah. Yeah, I think I'm asking for these things, but I don't actually want to see it myself, you know. (laughs) I've always said that. I've always said, like, I wanted to see a ghost, but like, judging by that, I'm like, I guess I'm just talking hot air. I don't really want to see one. I think that's all I want to see. It's hot air, like, you know, and even when I was working with McCarthy's, I was was like, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of locking up my own. And I'd no problem. No, I still, I'd always be afraid. There'd always be something there, especially when you're locking the doors at nighttime. Uh, there was another incident that happened of one of the girls in the kitchen. She came in in the morning time and it was just coming up dusk. It's about seven, I think, in the morning. Ender is her name. She was brilliant, actually, in there. But she came in and she was opening up the doors. And when she put the, you know, she, she opened the door to the staff room. But the door of the staff room had a reflection of a man standing behind her. Oh. And when she turned around, your man wasn't there. But when she looked back, your man was still standing there looking at her. So he oh, was God. standing in the hallway staring at her in a kind of a, a weird face. And then when she turned around, he wasn't there, like. So there's a that's been seen a few times. Now she ran, she ran out the back door, locked herself outside. But like I see the salt and pepper shaker uh, move across the table, and that day I ran, I ran out the front. I never. I remember it was about eight o'clock in the morning. It was winter time, so it was dark, you know, still. And I was like opening up, so I opened up the door. I came in and I started. To, I turned on the lights, but all the lights went off, and I thought, oh, sure, it's a bulb. So I went around fixing all the tables, the uh, um, uh, sauces and things, and 
at that the salt and pepper shaker was on the way over to grab just went zoom across the table and I was like right don't panic don't panic so I started to come out along to the back and I went out into the front of the bar and I ran like locked myself inside in the snug and I did I don't you ever hear a snug where all the matchmaking was done which um i locked myself inside that snug and i remember i was up against the window and i was ringing the chef i was like get in here now and he's like you did let yourself out the front door because you know when you get such a fright you can't think yeah, yeah. so i just i couldn't think I, it just wouldn't register my head i could actually get outside the pub but like yeah there <laughs> yeah you want to see but you don't want to see you know that's what i think it is well at least you weren't on your own when you saw that mad zigzaggy luminous lad oh right? yeah jesus like you'd be I don't know if you'd ever get old. I don't know. I think you'd freeze if you saw that on your own. Oh, yeah. I don't think you'd react well. I, I hate to think know. what he does when he gets to you. Like, Yeah. That's what I was. Yeah, and he was coming up towards the forest and I was up on top of the hill and he was coming up towards us at the top of that hill. I'll never forget it. Like, it was the weirdest thing. And there's no other explanation. It has to be an apparition. Like, There's no way someone can move like that. Yeah, yeah. sounds ghosty to me. Yeah. So, Alan, I haven't heard of your story with the Hellfire Club. I know you were talking about it to Grace. So can you oh, tell yeah. us about that? Okay, so, yeah. So my dad used to, like, my dad loved ghost stories. Uh, and he used to always um, tell us loads, like, and he, you know, him being from Dublin, he always went on and on about the Hellfire Club. And, and you know, apparently it was this... Um, like den of inequity or whatever, and uh, they used to uh, like, like the the lords and all that crack used to go up the mountain and like have their way with the hookers and like gamble and drink and party and all this kind of shit, you know. Up up. Sounds this, like a good time. Uh, <laughs> uh, just this kind of place, right? And um, one night, uh, a stranger came to the door, came in, and he was just like tall, dark, handsome, you know, and you know that means evil, right? Comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts Not playing, a real man. yeah starts playing cards whatever drops a card um it's a similar story to that place in oh loftus hall loftus hall has the similar story yeah. so hellfire club has the exact same pretty much story kind of basically he drops the card because he was cheating um someone goes to pick up the card and they see that he's got cloven hooves and then when they get up you know they're in shock and it, he turns into satan and he you know burns the whole place down and kills everyone in the place you know so it's just this kind of like shell of a place and my dad used to always tell me stories about it and he said oh me I went ghost hunting one day one night like my friends dared me to so I set up camp up outside the Alfire club and uh, I woke up in, in the middle of the night hearing this rustling noise so I peeked through my door and I saw a cloven hoof oh my god dad what did you do it was a cow <laughs> 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 I was here all day, like what? <laughs> it was just a cow. Fuck's sake. Uh, but yeah, he said like um, so, and they and every apparently every time they tried to build up the place again, it just went on fire. Like over the years, it's a couple of hundred years old. It just keeps going on fire. And now they're trying to build it into um like a heritage center, so it might go on fire again. Another rumor is that it's like the gates of hell or some shit in Dublin. <laughs> um, of course, of course, yeah. like um. But I didn't think it existed because I heard all these stories off my dad. So I just thought it was full of nonsense. And it wasn't until years and years later that a friend of mine was all like, come on. The same friend who organized us all going to Ross Castle, because he, he's mad into all this stuff. Yeah. Brought us all up to, his name's Darren, he sound, brought us all up to the Hellfire Club. And we were all really hung over on that day, but I remember. But I couldn't believe it. It's, it's a real place, you know. And as, and, it, and as the dusk was settling down, we were up there all day, really, really freaky kind of vibe. 
and we were coming down the um uh you have to go through the woods up a hill you know and we were coming down and all these people were coming up the hill and this is like getting dark at night and we were like who the fuck are these guys you know so darren just started saying oh how are you who are you you know apparently they were ghost hunters for some radio show going up to spend the night on hellfire club so that was funny we were, they were going up and then there's a lodge at the bottom of the club that's meant to be even even more haunted at the bottom of the hill called kill key lodge and um it's meant to be way more haunted uh but apparently there was like a, a little uh like a like a dwarf guy in there um that the guys up in the club used to mess around with and one night they were messing with him when they were drunk and they threw him around or something and they end up killing him right so what they did was like oh we're going to get done for murder so what they did was they went down to kill key lodge and they buried him in it's just like this like lodge house and then uh, there's like a little courtyard and then there's all these kind of stables uh, against mm-hmm. the wall on the far end, you know? And um, what they did was they buried him in one of those stables and apparently he, the little guy, haunts the stable. Anyway, that day when we came down the hill, me and my friend were like, oh, we'll go up and we'll take photos. Of, we'll have like a Kilkey Lodge, you know? So we were going up um, and it was just me, myself and herself and we started taking photos, you know? She started taking photos and I just had this mad feeling of like, like someone like screaming at me in my head go away you know what I mean but like yeah. it wasn't like I heard a voice it was just like I had yeah. the feeling that someone was just like go away you know and the doors are of the stable were all broken and old and open and one had no door on it at all and I kept looking at that one and then my mate just kept taking photos of it and I was like come on let's go let's go and she was like no no hang on kept taking photos and I was like come on it, do, you not, do you not feel it like she was like yeah I feel it but I want to get more photos but it was just like <laughs> an overwhelming feeling of like leave me alone go away just like, and I, and I was, and I just kept moving back. It was, I've never felt it before in my life. It was just the weirdest thing. So anyway, I grabbed her and said, come on. And we ran up the hill and then we all went up to Johnny Fox's cause it's only around the corner for food and a couple of pints, whatever. And um, as I was coming back from the toilet, I, could, I just heard all this screaming and it was my sister and my mate looking through her phone at the photographs. And there was two photographs of that um, little stable. And the first photograph is, uh, well, the first few, there's nothing there. And then, then one you see is just kind of like a shape, uh, like a kind of see-through white shape of kind of like a round kind of head, just peeking mm-hmm. at the side like that, you know, just at the yeah. side of the of the doorway. And then the very next photograph is oh. a whole head, right? Oh. And, and a bit of a leg coming out and the rest cut off by the doorway. So you see a head, shoulder and leg as if he's coming out then to take oh, the wow. off, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, so. Oh my God. Mad. I don't know I think I showed I think I showed you that photo yeah I was going to say that you showed me that photo it was I did I did the boys we, we had gone to the zoo and then myself and Ellen were just like let's talk about ghosts and say the lads were just like oh good god <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's mad like I mean my friend takes the piss out of it now because she's a real she used to be all into ghost stories and all that but now she's like no I'm a real atheist and all that and and uh but I I, I still like I, I like the whole ghosty thing i think it's good yeah got another good story about me granny too yeah go for it go on yeah so i was a kid i think i was about like seven or eight or something i mean granny uh when she got too old to live on her own in dublin she moved in with us and drada and uh we had like a little granny flat for her at the back like her own little room and her own little toilet just next to the kitchen and um every day she'd be gone all day like she'd be off at the old folks thing going off doing bingo or I don't know what the fuck they do, right? They're all gone for the day, right? And I'd only ever see her in the evening or in the morning before I went to school. And then um, after a while, she she wasn't at home for ages. She just wasn't staying at home. 
And um, it was because she was getting sicker and sicker. She was like well into her 80s. And um, she was going for long stints in the hospital and coming back, another few stints and then back. And then this one time, she was gone for ages, right? And um, But my granny used to always call my mom in the middle of the night for her medication. You know, she'd be all like, oh, Kathleen, medication, you know, all this. She'd always call her in the middle of the night. And I always heard it. So I always knew when Nan was home. And so one night I go to bed and it was after Nan not being at home for ages. And I heard Gran calling and she was like, Kathleen, calling for a medication. Now, mom always got up and went down and gave her the meds. And that was grand. Mom didn't get up at all. Right. And I was just lying there going, Nan won't shut up. And Nan just kept calling like for ages and ages, like 15 minutes, probably. And I'm lying there going, oh, for fuck's sake, will I get up? Oh, no, I won't. Fuck this. How come no one else is getting up? Because she was yeah. proper shouting. Like, dad didn't get up. Mom didn't get up. My brother was always missing, so that doesn't matter. Linda was probably out in the piss, so that was grand. But I, I was like, <laughs> ah, right. So, uh, um, I just eventually she just stopped calling, right? And I was like, oh, grand, go back to sleep. And the next morning, uh, I'm down in the kitchen. Mom's getting me ready for school, and I look in the room, and Nan, the room hasn't been touched, you know. And I'm like, uh, mom, um, where's Nan? She's like, oh, she's she's no, she's away. And I was like, because Nan, you know, mom was all like, oh, don't tell Ellen anything, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, well, was she not here last night, ma'am? Because like I heard her calling for you and she was like, why didn't you get up and give her a med? She was calling for ages. And my mom just went ghostly white, you know? And I was like, all right. And she just kind of shoved me off to school. So when I came back in the evening then, um, a priest was leaving the house and, and it was just a bit like, what the hell's going on here, you know? And then uh, my parents brought me into the living room and they sat me down and said, listen, last night, granny died in hospital, right? Oh, wow. Oh, it's got a chill. Oh, so basically like that I think it was I don't know I didn't wasn't looking at the time or yeah. anything but it could have been around the time she died that she was calling it was at night anyway yeah uh, that she was called That's but the thing nice. is like I wasn't I wasn't afraid yeah um, and it didn't sound like she was calling from beyond the grave she just sounded like she did every other time she was at home so it, it you know the only difference was like she was actually dead at that point like but but it didn't you know but my dad was freaked out and obviously got the room blessed and and then that was the end of that like oh wow I got chills yeah (laughs) meaning you didn't feel scared or anything so you knew that there was no danger or anything like that it's just because it didn't sound well I didn't know she was away even yeah and 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 it did and she just didn't didn't sound like she was disembodied or any of that shit she just sounded like she was downstairs you know yeah it was just like someone calling from another room it, it didn't sound in any way unusual i mean yeah, like they, i had it sounded they, weird um, and you know but it didn't yeah <laughs> so it wasn't they spirits who passed that they don't know that they've gone so she was obviously doing what she did normally every night which was call your mom yeah. for her medication Probably. Actually, I know experience happened to me. Uh, I can't explain it, but remember I said about the, the it wasn't the, the headless hunt. It's called the dead hunt in the warehouse in Banagari. Sorry, I mistake the name. But I was asleep one night and it was about, I think it was around three o'clock in the morning. I was I hoping you tell this and, story, uh, Adele. <laughs> I forgot about it. I totally, she just said that. I, t- I totally forgot about this story. And it's about three o'clock in the morning. I, I woke up to this... Um, galloping like a, a horse galloping down the road and I was like there's no I was like there's no horse we're farmers we're, we're cattle farmers and uh the closest the, the next farm down are sheep farmers and the rest is like a there's no one on my road that has horses um so there was no way and I was like in my head I was like no it's not a horse it can't be a horse and I was like it has to be do a lorry the back of a lorry you can hear the 
uh, rubber kind of hitting off the back of the wheels oh, yeah. in the back for lorry. I was like, it's that. It sounds like that. So for an hour solid, I will never forget it. For an hour solid, I was frozen in the bed, just going down the road. And how I knew it wasn't a lorry is because a lorry should take maybe five minutes to drive down our road, but this was taking an hour. And I remember at one stage it became deafening, like it was outside my window. Whatever it was, was literally outside my bedroom window. And I am in a, in a two-story old farmhouse um, in off the road as well. So there was just no way. And um, so eventually it went down the road and passed and I fell back asleep. But that, that moment I froze in the bed, I, I do remember it. And the next morning I got up and I was white. Now I was, you know, I got a fright and uh, my brother was there, whatever. And I'd said, did anyone hear that last night? And Kieran goes, he said, I did actually. He said, I heard, uh, I heard a horse going down the road. And um, I said to him, I said, I wonder like, what was it? And he said, I think it's a dead hunt. So from there, then that's where it came out of. But uh, I had never, I'd never experienced anything. Like it was literally like it was outside the window there. Now there was, our, our road isn't haunted. I don't know why it decided to go down our road still don't know why it's crazy. But, uh, it was creepy yeah it was creepy it was yeah I never I totally forgot about that story actually yeah outside the window but the, it's mad don't they say that ghosts and spirits come and uh, they come at certain times and usually it's isn't it three and four in the morning they yeah. they're most active isn't it yeah and I remember looking at my clock and it was three three o'clock five to three I think it was in the morning yeah yeah they say three o'clock is kind of like um so apparently Christ died at 3 p.m so 3 a.m. is kind of like the, the witching hour. It's the real witching hour. It's the yeah. polar opposite of the holy hour. Wow. Yeah. Um, apparently. No, I've heard something like that. It's like mocking the Trinity as well. So I think as well, it's safe to say the first thing we're doing when we get out of full lockdown is getting in the car, going down to McCarthy's, having a drink with Adele, picking her up, going to Roth Castle and then going to the Hellfire Club. Yeah, yeah, I really want to see this Hellfire Club. Oh yeah. my God. Loftus Hall as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they changed Loftus Hall into um, a tourist, but the people who actually own Loftus Hall now are actually selling it. It's up for sale. Um, they've owned it for the last eight years. But it was previous. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but they did, they're selling it at the moment, but they just said just, they can't, he wants to spend more time with their family and stuff like that. But they say they've never seen any ghosts around there, but they do a thing at Halloween where they um, do tours and stuff. You can go in and stay. I think you can stay at night. I don't know if you can or not. It's kind of the same as a um, Hellfire Club as well, yeah. the tours. like. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently um, it's the tapestry room in, in Loftus Hall where some girl died. That's meant to be the most haunted room. That's the one they want you to stay in, I think. Okay. From experience of um, studying textiles, tapestry can be a torturous art. <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> understand true. that. <laughs> so yeah, so we've got a plan for a cool road trip then once it's all settled down. Yeah, exactly. That'd be deadly. Definitely. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, and, really appreciate um, it. We will definitely Good. talk to you very soon. No problem. Yeah, thanks thanks for much. having us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us, yeah. Thanks. Bye. 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 I think that could have gone on for hours and hours and hours. Oh, yeah. I think both of the gals like had way more ghost stories to be told up their sleeves. And I'm I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of not. I'm kind of jealous that like they have all these stories happened to them. But half the stuff that Edel was telling me, I'm like, no, do you know what? I'd rather hear about them than experience them. Yeah. And I remember her telling those stories in college. And there's some people that you hear some stories from and you go, yeah, OK, whatever. But yeah, well, a load of BS. You just know that Adele is 100%. Like, there's oh, yeah, like what does she gain from making that up? Yeah, yeah. 
And the fact that so many have experienced it as well. Yeah. And like that, like a grown man doing a seance before she was working there. Like, yeah. especially in the countryside, you just, they, they wouldn't do that. You just know that they'd have to be at their wits end. Yeah. I'd say there's some serious superstitions and stuff, especially in rural towns in Ireland. Oh, without a doubt. You know, it's it's more, you know, it's more lonely. You know, it's not as built up. It's not as bright at night. Like there's aren't as many streetlights as you would have over here. And by God, like you wouldn't know what to be hearing or what you'd be seeing. Yeah, very spooky. I kind of had a similar, sorry, not a similar story, but almost like a similar experience to Ellen um, uh-huh. with her granny. But I remember when we had just moved into our house that we're living in now and our shower was blocked. It was okay. backed up. I don't know what was going on with it. But mm. I woke up the next morning and I had been dreaming about my uncle. And he had passed, he's passed away a couple of years ago. And I'd been dreaming about him and I woke up and it was in a great mood because it was just a really lovely dream. And we just had this really nice chat and stuff like that. And I couldn't really remember, but I just knew it was a really nice, comforting feeling that I woke up with. And I said it to Warren and he was like, that's so weird. And I was like, why? And he said, I woke up in the middle of the night and you were sitting up and you were looking in the corner of the room and you were talking oh to somebody oh my god and he was like but you were you were happy like you were smiling and knew you were okay and he was like I didn't want to wake you up because I do talk in my sleep sometimes oh but the mad thing was actually sorry I said I didn't remember what the dream was because I couldn't but now I do but the whole thing was our um my uncle had come to fix the shower mm-hmm. now <laughs> I don't think in life my uncle would have come and like fix the shower it was just <laughs> bad but um the shower was fixed and we never oh had to get it looked at oh my god yeah it was really weird but yeah no it never had to get it looked at it wasn't blocked again so your uncle is a bit of a diy man in the other life now DIY ghost. that's it yeah. yeah well you know at least he's a useful ghost you don't really get a lot of those yeah i warren was just like i just knew you were fine but yeah sitting straight up chatting away I don't know if I'd been as cool as him if I woke <laughs> up and he was looking into the corner of the room just chatting to himself I would be out of the room gone gone yeah I'd be like you look like as if you're having a good time I'm just gonna leave real quick <laughs> <laughs> don't ever look at me again <laughs> love you loved you no more <laughs> so I'm um, speaking of ghosts uh, I came across now you had a nice ghost who you're talking to but how about <laughs> a faceless ghost I was looking up um, it's a story that's uh, based in uh, Belvelli Castle in Cork and it's the ghost of a faceless lady so Belvelli Castle sits prominently on the great island in Cork Harbour and it is said that in the 17th century Margaret Hodnett lived there mirrors were a status symbol with the wealthy at the time and Margaret was known for her love of these to remind her of her renowned beauty as you know, I'm so ever so beautiful, just stunning. She had an on off relationship with a local lord called Clon Rockenby, who had asked for her hand in marriage many times but was refused. Eventually, Rockenby decided that the humiliation was enough and raised a small army and to go to the castle to take her by force. 
He thought the Hodnets, used to a luxurious life, would not withstand a siege. However, they surprised him by holding out for a full year before surrendering. When he entered the castle, Rockenby was shocked to see the state of Margaret, a skeletal and starved shadow of her former self. Her beauty was gone. Out of rage, Rockenby smashed her favourite mirror to pieces. As he <laughs> did so, one of the Hodnets killed him with the sword. After these events, Margaret descended into insanity. She was said to have sought out mirrors constantly to check if her beauty had returned, but it never did. She died in old age at the castle. Her troubled ghost appears as a lady in white, sometimes with a veiled face and sometimes with no face at all. Those who have seen her say that looks at a spot on the wall, then rubs itself as if looking at her reflection. Apparently, one stone on the castle's wall has been rubbed smooth over the years, perhaps in the spot where the mirror used to hang. Bell Valley has largely been unoccupied since the 19th century, but is currently being renovated. I think it should be a hall of mirrors. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That is just absolutely bonkers. That like he starved the woman out of it for a year and then he got mad when she was a little skeletal after being starved for a year. He sounds like Gaston from Beauty and Beast. Yeah, like he's just so, if she won't take me, you know, with my nice polite asks, and God knows, they might not have been polite. Um, You know, she said no for a reason. No means no. No does not mean storm the castle. That's fucked. (laughs) Yeah, that's back in the day for you where, you know, women had next to no rights. But at least, you know, the family, you know, the family tried to protect her by withstanding the siege for so long that they did. And you think like if he was embarrassed about a no to a few proposals that he might have just given up at some stage but now for someone else uber dick she can't be the only person in the greater cork area holy moly i just i yeah i just thought that they were some interesting um ghost stories because i don't have any personal ones to add like idel or ellen so i was like uh, or even you so i'm like uh, i've just read about these no i love it they're very interesting they were brilliant yeah one thing I can only saw that I thought was really weird was um, I was walking through the Mollies one time, daylight, I will add. Um, I was walking onto Mary Street. So I was walking away from my house and I saw this elderly man. You know the way the steps go down and then it's flat and then they go back up? Yeah. Okay, so at the top part on the other side by the town wall um, at where corners to go for the church, I saw an elderly man standing there and he looked to be kind of like, worn clothing you know the way how sometimes elderly men can mean really worn out clothes yeah so he looked like that nothing too shabby and then so I you know he looked kind of he's just standing there he looked a little sad even from a distance so I walked all the way I kind of sped up you know I want to see was he okay did he need a hand with anything and as I got to where he was there was not a frigging soul around and I was like that was an old man no one he couldn't have even crossed the road to the steps on the other side faster than I made it to where I was he couldn't have gone left or right without me still seeing him and he was just gone now unless he like hopped in the car going I got another one I love spooking these girls um <laughs> I can't like it was the only thing where I'm just like where did he go that like, is gate, spooky. yeah the gates for the church were locked so it's not like as if he could have walked into the cemetery so I've always just wondered I'm like was that just the fastest old man I've ever seen or, or yeah, yeah. It's just one thing I, 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 I have no answers to. <laughs> I've actually never told anyone that. Well, now you've told me and all of our listeners. 
Yay. Nothing like telling people my deep, dark secrets or just any like random thought, you know, not just even saving it out for someone first and go, is this good? Just everyone. Oh, no, it's so much easier to tell people that you don't even know you're telling. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? It is, it's like we'll have a little ghost anonymous. You tell <laughs> story. This is a safe space. Yeah, it's GA. <laughs> not gamblers anonymous, but ghost anonymous. Yeah. Don't mix those two up, people. No. We could call it PA, Puka Anonymous. Yay. Because I was going to say Gamblers Anonymous. They could start, you know, like betting on who will see a ghost next or something. It'd be like a weird hybrid. <laughs> and like a weird hybrid where you do like, if you're in Gamblers Anonymous, you shouldn't be betting on anything. No, no. You're here to get help. So with Absolutely. that, we will say Ihawa. Good night. Yeah, Slán Awalia. Slán Awalia. For our next full episode, we are looking at all of the Halloween movies because it's Halloween mm. week. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Le franchise Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, looking, I'm forward so to looking forward to that. I've already seen such shit because, <laughs> I, you know, like we're all hitting the middle films. We're taking like a different one each. And yeah. wow. Just wow. It's amazing though. There is actually one that I thought I'd never seen. And now I'm like, oh, this is the one I definitely saw as a child. It's like, like the memories wow. are starting to crawl their way back up to you. Oh God, it's like memories. It's like an old friend knocking in. Yeah. Oh, hey there. Come join me. Hey, babes. Your babysitting? No. <laughs> and then our next, uh, our next and last Trick or Treat Thursday, we're getting the gang back together. Um, mm-hmm. And we're adding in a couple of the girls. The new gals. Along the way. Um. So it's going to be a sleepover, one of our original sleepovers revisited, and everyone's invited. Sadly, we're not all going to be sleeping together thanks to this bloody COVID-19 lockdown. Right, big week of level five, people. But thankfully, we have many horror movies to get us through this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No better time. No better time. Okay. So I guess we'll talk to you guys on a Monday. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram on our account, which is because you were home with an underscore in between each word. And if you wouldn't mind, we would love if you could rate and review us on Mm -hmm. any of the platforms that you listen to us on. Yeah. Would really appreciate that. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the bug, kids. <laughs> 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 <laughs>